Who here has not been exposed to tactical empathy and black swan skills at all? It's your first, first taste of it. Okay, very good. Welcome. Nice to have you here. Very good. You got a lot of, a lot of peers in the room that are going to help you get better. All right, and so there was a lot of hands that were down, which means there's a lot of people that do have familiarity with our skills. And so raise your hand if you negotiated your way into Chicago on the way here. Who's got a, anybody got a negotiation story before you came in a room? Well, there's a reason I'm asking this. We constantly get the question of what's the best way to practice? How do I get better all the time? Simple answer is use the skills in every conversation you have. Who here is not staying in a hotel? Okay, a few. Good for you guys. Gotta get staying with a friend or something like that. If you are staying in a hotel and you didn't negotiate an upgrade, you missed an opportunity to practice. I got a really nice suite on the top floor of the Monaco Hotel that I'm paying a regular room rate for, right? Make it a point to negotiate an upgrade in every single city that I'm in. You guys should do the same thing. Plus, it's fun when you walk in, that, you open the double doors to your suite when you get into the hotel, right? And you, you know you're paying a regular room rate. It's a good feeling. I want all of you to experience that, right? But just, yeah, if you can negotiate an upgrade on an airplane, doesn't matter. Use the skills. And even if someone says, hey, that, 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 that's, a, that's when I'm Chris Voss never split the different skills. What do you do if someone says that to you? Because I know we all worry about that, don't we? I'm using the skill and they call me out on it. What do I do? And so if you're just practicing and somebody actually calls you out, what would you say to them? What do you think? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, glad you noticed. I've been studying really hard, right? been working on this really hard. Ask him how it makes him feel. Really, you know, I'm glad you noticed. Clearly, you've read Never Split the Difference. How did that make you feel when you heard that? Use it as an opportunity to gather information. What is negotiation about? Gathering info. That's the purpose, right? And so this is how we keep ourselves in that mindset. The thing you need to know is we're going to push you today. I hope you all came here to work. It's going to be hard, and we're going to put you under pressure on purpose. There's a lot of content today that is designed to make you uncomfortable. That's actually the purpose of it. And does anybody know why we would do that? Why would we want to go out of our way to make you uncomfortable? Anybody know why? Any suspicions? Yeah. That's when you're growing. That's exactly right. That's when you're growing, right? Anybody, the town, oh, yeah, what, what you got? What, what you got for us over here, sir? You're trying to have a response to what you recommend. That's, yes, that's right. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. If anybody's familiar with the talent code by Daniel Coyle, what he discusses in that book is what does it take to actually make the human brain learn faster? And one of those things is predicated on you got to make mistakes. You got to be under pressure and you got to make mistakes because your brain flips into this mode of what do I have to learn right now to make sure that the physical body never feels this type of uncomfortableness ever again? And in that moment, it's just picking up things tenfold. And so that's, that's the main reason why we'll do it. Put you through the ringer. Um, and we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Throw a lot of questions at us. Like, this, this is the best place, the hardest questions you got. I hope you brought them all with you. And so welcome. And with that, I think, Sam, you're taking over from here. Yes, from I here. am. First thing I want to know from you all, what business are you in? What business are you in? Engineered loading racks. All right. What business are you in? Real estate. What business are you in? Construction safety. What business are you in? Ad tech. Ad tech. What else we got? What about you? 
Oh, no, real estate, real estate, okay. What business are you in? Real estate. I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed with real estate. What business are you in? Jeez. Okay. Now I have to keep going because I've had like, what business are you in? Relationship business. I like it. I like it. What business are you in? Damn it. <laughs> Not that I don't appreciate real estate, but holy cow, how did we get you all here today? What business are you in? Okay, so that's good. Oh, good. You're not, oh, see, I was smart there. They're together. They're both in ad tech. Okay. So let's be honest. The business that you're in is the trust business. So relationship, very close. But you're in the trust business. Because no matter what you do, you don't get anywhere. You don't accomplish anything without, there ha- without having some trust somewhere. Okay, you're in the trust business. So, one of the reasons why we call this tactical empathy, everyone knows it's calibrated, we do it on purpose, Um, but when you're talking about tactical empathy, tactical empathy is what actually gets you to trust. We're going for that trust-based influence. We have a lot of people, when we go out and do these trainings, that they automatically think what we're trying to do is manipulate people. That is not what we're doing. That's not what we're doing. If you are using our skills to manipulate, you are using them improperly, and it's not going to get you a long-term relationship. When you're using tactical empathy, the goal is for you to have a trust-based influence. If you go into a situation and you're intending to manipulate someone, you're not going to get a trust-based influence. You may get what you want, but you're getting it through trickery. And whoever you're dealing with, you're not establishing any kind of a long-term relationship with that person because you are manipulating them. But if you seek to influence someone, that's different. You're not trying to manipulate them. Essentially, you're going off the data that they are giving you. That's what tactical empathy is all about, okay? Looking at what's happening on the other side and being able to vocalize it in a way that gets you to trust. Okay. What we're going to be talking about today is listening. I'll give you a really big hint. None of our skills work very well if you don't know how to listen. If you're going into a situation and you're not listening and you're putting everything that's in your mind in front of everything that's going on with the person across the table, you're not listening. And when you're not listening, you cannot get tactical empathy. It just can't happen. So what we're going to do today is we're going to move you beyond, I get it. We're going to move you beyond saying, I understand. Because quite frankly, you tell me you understand me, it doesn't really mean anything to me because you're not demonstrating it. You can tell somebody all day long that you understand what they're feeling, that they understand what they're going through. But if you're not actually demonstrating that you really feel that understanding, just forget about it. It's not going to work. And you cannot demonstrate that if you're not listening. So, I like how Derek puts it. The biggest concession you can make to another human being is to listen to them. That's all it takes. Those of you that have children, if they drive you crazy because they don't listen to you, you're probably not listening to them either. 
Everyone has reasons for what they do. Everyone has things that they're thinking when they do whatever it is that they're doing. So when your kids do things, they're thinking about something. So instead of yelling at them for what they did, figure out why they did it. The why behind it is what's important. Because you cannot correct that behavior until you fix the why that's going on with it. Okay? Most important tool in your toolbox. It's also what people do less than anything else outside of encouragers, but that's a pet peeve for me, so we won't go there. Um, by itself, just listening to someone can change the whole scope of your interaction with them going forward. People like to talk. We all like to talk. We like to be the one that talks the most in the room because it makes us feel good. The problem with that is what's not happening when you're talking? Listening. You can't listen if you're talking. And one of the best ways to get to tactical empathy is go into a situation concentrating on purpose, not talking, but listening instead. And you guys will find that's very difficult to do because you want to be in control of the conversation. And when do you think you're in control of the conversation? Most people think when they're talking. But when you're talking, you're giving all the information away. And a lot of the purpose for what we're doing is gathering information. You can't gather anything if you're the one giving it all away. So the more you listen, the more you gather. You guys, please tell me if you have something to add. <laughs> anything? You're doing good. <laughs> it's always like, ah, you got it, go. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> okay. These are the levels of listening. If you think you are a good listener, I challenge you on that. Most people that think they're good listeners, they're not. Okay, they're only performing at about 60%, and that's a good listener. If you look at this, intermittent listening. You're listening to the gist of what's happening until you can kind of fit it into your own voice, until it makes sense to you. Next level is where most people live. Listening for rebuttals. You listen to what someone else is saying until you understand what you want to say back to them. Not until you understand them, until you get in your head what you want to say back to them. That's listening for a rebuttal. Not to get too personal, but in a marriage, a lot of times what happens is both sides are listening for rebuttals. They're listening to problem solve. They're not listening to the why behind what's happening. They're not listening to the emotions that go along with it. They're listening to, oh, you have a problem with this. I don't know how to fix that. And then they, you stop listening and you figure out how to solve their problem. And sometimes they don't want their problem solved. They just want what? They want you to listen. They want to be heard. Okay, so this is where most of the population lives. Intermittent listening, listening for rebuttals. When you go up another level to that listening for the internal logic that that person has, you're thinking about why does what they're saying make sense to them? Why are they feeling the way they're feeling about it? That puts you a little level higher. If you can get there, as opposed to being in the, in the bottom two levels, if you can get to that third level and kind of hang out there for a while, you'll be in really good shape, okay? Fourth, you're listening for why it matters. Why does what they're thinking, saying, feeling, why does it matter? Okay? The top level is that empathetic listening. You're listening for everything that's happening to them so that you can figure out what their whole narrative is. I will give you a hint. 
This is the level of listening that we all had to be at in a hostage situation. And it is exhausting. It is exhausting. You cannot live at that level of listening. You can go there if you need to, but you can't stay there too long because it's exhausting. So if you can practice staying around level three, which is going to mean staying curious no matter what someone's saying to you about why they're saying it, why it makes sense to them, instead of reacting or trying to solve the problem they may not even want you to solve, if you can stay there, you'll be in a good place. But in certain conversations, you need to bump it up a notch or two, depending on what the situation is. Because the more you listen, the better off you are. Okay, how are we doing? Anybody have any questions so far? Hey, Sandy, would you be opposed to me adding something? I would not. So that don't to question? Tori's good at that. One of the things about the emotion and logic is everybody says when in business, in your environment, don't worry about emotions. Don't let emotions creep in. Everybody uses emotions. Everybody's emotions creep in in any negotiation that you deal with. Even if they're telling you, hey, this is a business deal, it's all business, it's not emotional. It is emotional. They're saying it for a reason, and once you figure out what their emotions are, you're going to have the upper hand. Go ahead, Sandy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. For the term of internal logic, what is their internal logic? You're listening for what they're not saying. You're listening for what they're not saying. They're telling you a whole lot of things. You're listening for what they're not telling you. And that sounds awkward. Everything sounds awkward, right? All of this sounds awkward. But when we do the exercise later today, we call it the passions exercise. When we do that exercise, we're going to be walking around the room and we're going to be telling you, listen for what they're not saying. As soon as you start thinking about that, that's when you start getting a hold on what their internal logic is. That's when you say, oh, okay. It's going to dawn on you, I promise. You'll have that epiphany. Probably during the passions exercise. Because when you're looking for responses in the passions exercise, you guys are all going to get in your own head and you're going to get in your way because everybody does. You get in your own mind and you start thinking about what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? What's happening when you're doing that? You're not listening. The hardest thing for you to do is to let go of everything that's going on in here, in here, everywhere. Let it go and just soak in like a sponge what the other side is saying because if you allow yourself to do that, we're going to force you to do that today, so I hope you will allow yourself to do that. When you allow yourself to do that, that's when you start figuring out what's really going on there. That's when you're really getting inside the head of the other person because you're taking yourself out of it. If you remove you from it, it's much easier to soak in what the other side is saying. That's where we lived in hostage negotiations. Do you think the guy on the inside that was, that was holding his six-year-old daughter and wouldn't let her leave, do you think he really cared what I thought or what was going on with me? No, he didn't. And as a negotiator, it was up to me not to care what was happening with me either. It's not about me. It's about the other side. It's always about the other side. Take yourself out of the equation. You're showing deference. That's important. You're so focused on the other side that it doesn't matter what you're thinking or feeling. It means nothing. If you have that attitude, if you have that mindset going in, it's going to make it a lot easier for you. But I will tell you, this takes practice. 
Those of you that have been dealing with black swan stuff for a long time know how much practice it takes. There are a few people in this room that have been with us for years, and they're getting really good at it. Some of them could probably teach this class, honestly. But you can't learn until you let go of all those preconceived notions that you have about what you're supposed to be doing in a conversation. And I don't remember who says this with the Black Swan Group. Somebody says this, and it's one of my favorite things. When you focus on everybody else around you, you become the most interesting person in the room. Everyone wants to talk to you. They don't know why, but they do. You know why? Why? They want to be heard. They want to be understood. You don't talk about yourself. You only listen to what they're saying. So then everyone is like, oh my gosh, did you talk to so-and-so? They're, they're, they're so nice. They're so great. They're a great person. They know nothing about you. They don't have to. You listened. And you heard them. That's what makes you the most interesting person in the room. Is because you don't make it about yourself.